This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Tuesday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not pass a new law that makes it illegal to cross the southern border in Texas. Governor Greg Abbott tired with Joe Biden's border policy. You have no idea how to defend a nation. Well, beginning today, he is going to defend it himself because the Texas governor fed up. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. I think he speaks for a lot of Americans, all of whom are welcome on this show. 888-788-9910. There is no ideological barrier for entry on the program. I am a conservative, unapologetically so. But this is not a conservative talk show. It is an American talk show, meaning I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You can be a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. You don't have to follow politics. I don't care. All I ask is that you don't be a (laughs) boom. There it is. Happy Tuesday. Ready to go. Uh, if you're watching Failavision, I was on Fox and Friends this morning uh, talking about Alec Baldwin. We posted that on the Fox Across America website. Uh, I was also on with Stuart Varney a short while ago. You can catch that there as well. Uh, tonight I will be, of course, closing out the Ingram Angle with Laura Ingram. Uh, that is going down at 7 o'clock, and she can't wait to get me on set. What a fraud. All right. Well, I think she's excited nonetheless. But the point is, right now, I am here with you. Doing the dang thing. This is my final week of the year doing live radio. Uh, come this Friday, uh, I am off. Uh, me and Lincoln are going out to Pittsburgh to see the Steelers uh, beat up on the Cincinnati Bengals. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. No, but we will. We'll be out at the Berg, and then, of course, we'll be home for Christmas, uh, spending some time with my family, and then heading out to Ohio to see Jenny's family. So I will finish this week, this year of radio, uh, the way I started it and conducted myself every week in between. We drive this show like we stole it every day. Because here's a newsflash. We did steal it, okay? What we're doing in media is very unique. I don't have any formal broadcast training, which is very apparent when you listen to the show from day to day. I clearly don't originate from some high source of intellectual enlightenment. I am a regular guy, and somehow regular guys and gals and theys and thems and people who menstruate like yourself have latched onto this movement, and we've turned it into the biggest, baddest thing anywhere in media because we are covering the hardest news of the day, but we're the only ones having a good time doing it. And that's pretty much the MO and the manifesto the rest of the way this week. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? There it is. Well, Governor Greg Abbott down in Texas, he was in Brownsville yesterday, not digging. Joe Biden's what he called border neglect and announced the following measures. Here it is, clip one. Biden's deliberate inaction has left Texas to fend for itself. 
the authors of the United States Constitution foresaw a situation when the federal government would be inattentive to states that faced challenges at their borders. And in response, they inserted Article 1, Section 10 to the United States Constitution to empower states to take action to defend themselves. And that is exactly what Texas is doing. I will sign three laws today to better protect Texas and America from Biden's border neglect. And take a serious bow, Greg Abbott. Now, to be clear, it's sad that this is what it has come to, that we are invoking Section 10 of the United States Constitution because the federal government has been derelict in its duty to even acknowledge the border was a crisis. Understand this. Okay, there's two things that need to be said to qualify this conversation. So everyone listening knows I'm coming to you from a good place. Okay, first and foremost, defending the border is not racist. Okay, we're not defending the border. Okay, for any reason other than the same reason you lock your door at night in your house. You need to know who's coming in. You need to know who's going out. You need to know what type of business they plan on conducting with your family. Okay, there is not a thriving country in the history of the world that didn't have control of its borders. Not one. It's not possible. Okay, if you went to lock your door tonight and a bunch of blue haired gender studies majors started yelling that you were a racist for locking your door because that was going to keep out some type of criminal element from some minority group. Okay, you're still going to lock the door. Oh, you know what I'm saying? That's true. That is true. You're not going to be like, well, this thing that I know is the right thing to do shouldn't be done to protect me and my family because I don't want to catch hell from these screaming social justice warriors outside. Okay, but Joe Biden took the front door of our American house and left it wide open for that very reason. That's Use your common sense. Just understand this. Republicans and Democrats under a Republican president, George W. Bush, and under a Democratic president, Barack Obama, both voted for border wall funding. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Okay, the point is Obama was on board with a border wall. Okay, George Bush was on board with a border wall. Okay, it wasn't until the age of identity politics where everything was reduced to race and Donald Trump came down an escalator and said, build a wall, that the Democrats, who had previously voted for a border wall twice, were like, that's racist. We should be building bridges and not walls. You are so full of sh-. And every one of them who said we should be building bridges and not walls went home to their mansions with walls around them. Does any Democrat calling border walls racist have a bridge that lets any random stranger onto their property? The answer would be no. And it has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with common sense, with the bigger issue being the following. Okay, when you let in eight million illegal migrants, plus an additional two million that got away. Number one, there's the obvious concern of we don't actually know that everyone crossing the border is doing so with the best of intentions. We're already aware of 200 members this year alone who are on the terror watch list, meaning they can't board a plane into this country. They can't drive a car into this country, but they're sneaking right across our southern border. And now they're at large in our country. Okay, and we don't know where they are. Okay, that's an issue. Okay, when you're talking about national security. But if you would just wanted to talk on a level of pure functionality, when you let eight million people into the country illegally, it now becomes our burden to provide for them. 
to make a life for them, to feed them, to house them, to close them at the expense of other people in this country who are American citizens and can't fend for themselves. You understand we are supposed to have a social safety net because there are people in our society who are not able-bodied who need a hand, okay? And every one of us is on board with extending that hand, okay? And every one of us is on board with making sure we have the necessary resources so they can live their most fulfilling life. But when you start bringing in an additional 8 million people and putting them on that same government stipend, you run out of resources a hell of a whole lot faster, okay? And that's the bigger issue here, okay? The border crisis has become a political crisis for Biden, so they're finally talking about it. But understand, the reason Greg Abbott's hand has been forced is because Greg Abbott didn't start speaking up about the reality at the border a a month ago or six months ago when migrants started showing up in his cities, okay? Greg Abbott's been dealing with this since the very first day that Biden got into office. I keep forgetting I'm president. But he is. He's been president since about 2021, okay? And every one of these sanctuary cities, Mayor Adams, the clown who runs my town, every one of them, Okay, who now wants you to believe, oh, we got too many migrants. This is crazy. Federal government's got to step in. You understand the fraud of identity politics and border security is such. Every one of these Democratic cities that said we should be building bridges and not walls. No human being is illegal. We'll take them in our town. Well, the minute those migrants showed up in their town, what did they actually say? Get them out of here. Get them out. They didn't want them. Why? Because they strain the resources. They overwhelm the infrastructure. In New York City, where classroom overcrowding is one of the biggest issues facing a failing school district, New York City schools, 70% of the kids aren't reading at a grade level. 70% of the kids don't read. Do you understand? That's significant. They can't read. And instead of improving the quality of their education, what are we saying? Well, we'll get rid of honors programs. We'll get rid of the graduation requirements. They won't have to read to graduate. It's equity. It's fair. No, it's not. You're not helping these kids. You're not empowering them to have a better life for themselves by sending them into the world uneducated. Okay, but that's what they're doing. It's the soft bigotry of low expectations. Well, we can't expect these kids to read. Of course you can. But that limited worldview of identity politics actually does judge people by the color of their skin. And in the Democratic worldview, the people with darker skin color are a lesser than you and me. That's why they told us it was Jim Crow on steroids to ask black Americans to get voter ID. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. Jim Crow on steroids. Would you shut up? Can you imagine? You talk about infantilizing people. Oh, they're not capable of getting an ID in the year 2023. Wait, what? Black people have been president. Black people occupy every level of elected office, every level of prominence in polite society, at an executive level, at a corporate level, at an entertainment level, at a professional sports level, at a political level, at a military level. There is no level of society where black people aren't thriving or even exceeding, okay, other races in terms of achievement. And the same goes for Mexican-Americans and any migrant who might come to this country. People are people. But when the Democrats tried to turn border security into some type of an animus towards South Americans, okay, they all declared they were sanctuary cities under Trump. Why? 
because they didn't have to worry about taking on any migrants because Trump was securing the border. Bingo, man, bingo. It was easy to say, no, no humans illegal. We should be building bridges, not walls. Let them in. It was easy to say it because they weren't coming. But now that 8 million people have come that we know of, and all these migrants are actually showing up in democratic cities, they're all like, oh, this is a scam. We don't have the infrastructure. We need the government's help to step in. But were they asking for the government's help when Texas took on the first 7 million migrants all by themselves? The answer would be no. No. And that's how you know they're completely full of But Greg Abbott is forced. His hand has been forced. Okay. So the law, it's SB4, takes effect in March, allows Texas law enforcement to arrest people who are suspected of entering the country illegally. You are arrested. Okay, your penalty will either be 180 days in jail all the way up to 20 years in prison, depending on your prior offense status. But Greg Abbott is doing this. Why? Because the federal government, okay, that we pay taxes to is not fulfilling its obligation to us as taxpayers. The southern border has resulted in a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Over 200,000 Americans are dead since Biden got into office because of fentanyl that's trafficked across the southern border. Never mind that 30% of the women who cross this border illegally are sexually assaulted at the hands of cartels and human traffickers. So it's a humanitarian crisis going in both directions that this administration has been completely, completely oblivious to by design. In the beginning, when millions of people were showing up, they were like, oh, it's a manufactured Republican crisis. And they wouldn't even go down there. They designated, if you remember, at the beginning of the administration, Joe Biden designated Kamala Harris as border czar. I don't remember that ever happening. But he did. And she never went down to the border. Instead, they used the crisis as an opportunity to push their agenda. And they said, well, Kamala's going down to the Northern Triangle. She conducted a study. And the study concluded that the root cause of illegal immigration was climate change. That's what they said. (laughs) Climate change. Are you kidding me? But imagine the indifference they have to have to the human suffering on both sides of the border to try to use the crisis to weaponize some type of sentiment towards their climate agenda. People aren't walking a thousand miles to our country because they're worried about what the weather will do in 50 years. They're walking a thousand miles because they're getting in. The Biden administration has been letting them in. And when the message is, don't worry about getting caught because we'll just ship you off to a city and you'll be in America now. And it'll be 10 years before your asylum case is granted. Okay? That doesn't discourage people from coming. Okay? That tells them you'll get in. And you don't have to worry because 91% of Americans skip their asylum hearing and none of them get deported. Okay? But it tells you everything you need to know about this country that the Biden administration is preparing to fight Texas Governor Greg Abbott in court instead of helping out with the effort to discourage people from coming here illegally, something that, again, gets people killed, gets people raped, empowers cartels to the tune of $2 billion. Human trafficking at our border is a $2 billion industry right now. Okay, and rather than doing something to get that carnage under control, the Biden administration is getting ready to go to court. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. 
From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Here are some Democrats trying to characterize the current Republican border proposal as racism. Clip four. I want to speak quickly to the Democrats in the Senate and others who are considering supporting this proposal. If you do so, you will be surrendering to right-wing racism. And more than that, you will be enabling it. Senate Democrats and the White House must not agree to these extreme demands. Oh, my goodness gracious. Are you kidding me? That was embarrassing. I mean, really? Okay, but think about this. Okay, they're telling you it's racist, racist to secure the southern border. (laughs) Think about that. Securing the southern border so it stops, okay, or at the very least, minimizes the flow of deadly fentanyl that's killed 200,000 Americans. It's not racist to do that. 30% of the women crossing the border illegally get raped. It's not racist to want that to go away. But more importantly, overwhelming the infrastructure of our inner cities in this country where the taxpayer is being forced to shoulder the financial burden of migrants coming into this country illegally is not racist. It's not rooted to a specific color or creed. Okay, understand, right now, Americans of minority descent are the ones suffering the effects of this border the heaviest. When you say it's racist to want to keep people out from third world nations, sadly, okay, the people most reliant on government handouts and help in this country come from third world nations. So to say it's racist to keep them out illegally, okay, is a very convenient stance to take given that you will be slighting the people of those same minority groups that happen to be here legally. Oh, wow. Do you understand what a scam this is? It's like defund the police. We got to defund the police because they're racist towards black people. Oh, thanks for that. And now what's happened? The black murder rate has gone through the roof. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, so were they actually helping black Americans by doing that? No, they're trying to help themselves. The idea that people could get in front of a microphone, like Joaquin Castro, who's in Texas, Premier Jayapal, who's just a, you know, clown, just a, you know, an AOC clone. AOC is a dope. But try to turn this into race at a time when people are actually dying. People are being smuggled across the border. Cartels are being weaponized. People are being killed. And they're like, racism, am I right, you guys? I mean, can you imagine being so bereft of shame that this is the only thing you can pivot to? The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, someone should tell the Ronettes it's Frosty the Snow person uh, in this day and age. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know, but the border, uh, 
coming to a hilt right now. Okay, Texas Governor Greg Abbott passing a law yesterday enacting uh, Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution to empower his state to take action to defend itself against migrants crossing the border. Now, this doesn't go into effect until March, but if you understand the reason he's doing it is because when it comes to the southern border, it's not what you say, it's what you do. The Biden administration loves to get on TV and go, don't come. Now's not the time to come. But if people come and get apprehended and get let into the country, they don't call their families and say, don't come. They call their families and say, we got in. Bingo. Ergo, more people come. Okay. Abbott getting the word out there that they will be arrested and denied entry into the country is an exercise in trying to get this under control. Do you understand right now, if you've been watching any of these Bill Malusian reports on Fox News? Okay, they're down in Eagle Pass yesterday. There's 4,400 migrants coming across in one morning. There's 20 Border Patrol agents that are assigned to process that area that are now, instead of patrolling the border, being forced to do actual human resources work and process 4,400 illegal migrants into this country. That's what we're doing to the men and women who put on a uniform and try to protect us and try to stop drugs from getting in and try to stop cartels, try to apprehend members of the terror watch list that are crossing the border illegally. Okay, we have people crossing the border from all over the world. Okay, the left tries to reduce this to it's a bunch of Mexicans coming across the border and we must not like Mexican people. Okay, Mexico isn't even the majority of the migrants crossing the border. Okay, they wouldn't even make the metal podium right now, to be clear. Okay, you've got people coming from as far away as Yemen. Okay, people coming from African nations. Okay, meaning they are traveling across the world and then making their way over to the border once they reach land in South America, which, oh, by the way, is pretty expensive to do. So this is only happening because somebody is financing this behind the scenes. I think he's got a point. Okay, somebody who wants to overcrowd our infrastructure. Someone who wants to erode the pillars of society that make it acceptable and agreeable to put our safety above all else. Anybody listening to this, you could be a liberal. You're not my enemy. I don't care. Okay, I don't want to steer the country. I'm just steering the show. But you understand if you have a family, you put their safety above all else. Okay? If they're like, hey, you guys want to have pizza tonight? But then somebody tells you there's a militia on the way to the pizza place. This could be a problem. You're not going to go. You're not going to risk your family. Yeah, we might like pizza, but no, we just heard there's an armed militia shooting people on the way to the pizza place. You're not going to go. Okay, I know it's a weird example, but the point is your family's safety to the extent that you can prioritize it trumps everything else in the world. But here in America, we're being told that putting our national safety first is somehow racist. That is a fact check false. But that's what they're telling us. Now, securing the border. Come on, you racists. Wait, what? We didn't call out a specific group. Okay, we said that no country alive, no house alive that's thriving is not, you know, locking the doors at night. Okay, not keeping tabs on who comes in and out. Here's one. You know, if you grew up in a really low crime area. okay, I grew up in an era. okay, where I knew people who didn't lock their front door growing up in Levittown. 
Okay, sadly, my house got robbed. Somebody broke in, stole some of my dad's guns at one point. For real. Uh, we got robbed. Came home from school. There was a front door had a human hole through it. Like it was like a, <laughs> it was like a Looney Tunes cartoon where someone just, you know, you break through the door and you see the silhouette. Okay, that happened. You know, I was growing up in Levittown. A lot of, you know, biggest post-World War II community for American GIs returning home from the war. Everyone in my family was a cop. I grew up around guns. I grew up around civic pride. I grew up around this illusion that it couldn't happen to me, and I was safe every day for the rest of my life. And then one day in third grade, I came home from school, and there was a hole right through the front door. That's all, folks. Yep, that was it. I was like, oh, I get it. There's bad people in the world. And we got to keep an eye out for them from time to time. And that's just the reality of the border. Okay, I have great empathy for the people trying to come to this country illegally. They're trying to build a better life. They're in on the joke that if you happen to be in America, you hit the lottery. You have American privilege. You're living in the wealthiest, most prosperous and tolerant and inclusive country in the history of the world. Everybody protesting this country would never dare set foot into another country to live, ever. Nobody leaves. Nobody leaves. We've never lost population as a country. How could that be? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's because this is the only show in town. And people in other countries want to come here. Our issue at the southern border is not that they want to come here. Our issue at the southern border is not their ethnicities. Our issue at the southern border is that they're coming here illegally. Okay, if they want to come here legally... Get the proper paperwork done. Okay, contribute to society, pay taxes, be productive members of this society. We want them here. That's what the country was built on. We're not saying don't come. We're saying don't come illegally. And what do the Democrats do? They go, oh, that's racist. You believe this bigotry? Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Of course. Okay, but there's nobody listening to this, nobody listening to this that wouldn't secure the front door of their house. And I am not oversimplifying it by saying the border is the front door to our house. Of course it is. And when you think of the spinoff crises that come from it, I mentioned this yesterday. Here in New York City, 70 percent of the kids aren't reading at a grade level. Okay, 70 percent of kids aren't reading at a grade level. And now we're adding an additional 20 kids to every class that don't speak English. The teacher, okay, now having an even harder time teaching students. The students now having an even harder time getting the curriculum and add to that a language barrier that makes it impossible for everybody there to understand each other. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But that's what they're doing. And they want you to believe if you oppose that, it must be because there's some type of bigotry in your heart. Look within yourself. There must be something wrong with you. Time was you were okay with the whole school failing and having 70 kids in a classroom up against one teacher and half of them didn't speak English. I mean, come on, who could oppose such a thing? Am I right, you guys? That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to erase the norms, the basic tenets that we all agreed upon, the things that were off limits. Okay, do you realize how weapons-grade stupid it is that there was a window in this country where we no longer all agreed that we needed police, the police. They're doing the single most important job in our society, the most necessary and needed job in our society, okay, elected officials. 
were saying, what if we do it without them? Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Defund the police does not mean abolish the police. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. I am for defunding the police. Look, the reality is we can't rely upon the police to provide public safety. It's a moment to reimagine policing, to take things off the shoulders. And what we also want is a reconception of how we achieve public safety. How do we take out many of the responsibilities that police officers are now dealing with by investing more into housing, into education, into these other things? You know, in, in many cities in America, over one third of their city budget goes to police. So we have to have this conversation. What are we doing? I mean, dude. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. Okay, that's Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, saying we have to have these conversations. What are we getting out of the police? Yo, you know what we're getting out of the police? The ability to have a society. The ability to go to school, the ability to go to work, the ability to go to church, the ability to go to a ball game, the ability to go to Congress and badmouth the police. Do you know what everybody in that montage has in common? Every single person in that montage. You know what they have in common? They all have an armed police detail. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. They're all surrounded by cops. Cori Bush, who you heard in that montage, married a cop. She supports the defund movement. She married a cop. Now, again, that might be considered an act of vengeance towards cops down the road. But right now, I think he's still pretty into it. And the point is, that's the fraud of the moment we find ourselves in. Democrats, Democrats, specifically Democrats. Okay, I understand what Republicans are guilty of. Republicans let Trump say a lot of bad words. And people on the left are like, oh, how dare this party? He says bad words. Okay, they live in a world where what you say is more important than what you do. So in the Democratic mindset, Trump saying bad words is somehow worse for society than the Democrats doing truly evil things. Defunding the police was evil, but they did it for political gain. It was trendy in the summer of 2020 to say Derek Chauvin didn't kneel on George Floyd's neck. That was every cop. That was all of America. We're systemically racist, you see. And they took a moment of pure consensus. We watched the Derek Chauvin video at the time, and we were all aghast. Can't kneel on the guy's neck for eight minutes. Okay, was there more nuance to that situation than we were told? Absolutely. Was George Floyd, a man who once put a knife to a pregnant woman's stomach, some type of a hero? Hell no. He was a junkie. Okay, who would have died in some type of a police interaction anyway. That being said, if you have any humanity within you, you realize a cop can't nail on his neck for eight minutes. But in that moment of pure consensus, the Democrats were looking around at each other like, this doesn't help us if we all agree and the cop goes to jail. So let's make this a larger problem. It's not Derek Chauvin. They're all racist. And anybody who says otherwise, they're racist too. Come on, you guys. Let's go out there and loot a Nike store in the name of equality. And that is how it works. Okay, straight up, that's how it works. Okay, and they were willing to live in a world 
where they could, you know, get out there and espouse on the virtues of defunding police. Why? Because it wasn't going to affect them. They were going to have security details wherever they went. But they didn't care about the consequences to society. The black murder rate is through the roof right now. I mean, we have professional sports teams leaving Washington, D.C. because it's not safe to go to a game anymore. Okay, when you look at robberies over the last four years in this city, where I live in New York, they're up 32 percent. Auto theft is up 164 percent. Okay, the murder rate is up 29 percent. Okay, the black murder rate through the roof because we furthered the distrust between police and communities. Police, by the way, that are minority majority in most major cities, meaning there are more minorities on the force than white people. Yet it's portrayed as some good old boy white guy killing cabal. Because it's politically expedient for Democrats to do so. But do you realize they've made society less safe? The posturing on the border is the same. Okay, when you say, ah, you can't secure the border, that's racist. You know who you're affecting? Members of those races you claim to be protecting. They're the ones bearing the brunt of cartel violence coming across the southern border. They're the women getting raped by the human traffickers coming across the southern border. Okay, they're the ones dying of the fentanyl poisoning deaths from the drugs coming across the southern border. The very races Democrats claim they're looking out for. That's the scam of this moment. And I'm telling you, two parties are guilty of things every day. Trump says crazy stuff. Absolutely bonkers stuff for a politician to be saying. And a lot of Republicans are willing to look the other way on it. Why? Because we're not going to be lectured about morality from a political party that's literally getting people killed with their policies. Okay, a party that literally took a... Once in, an, uh, once in a nation's history-level border crisis, this is the worst migrant crisis in the history of this country. No country, okay, no country has endured if it didn't control its borders. Not one, okay? The Democrats have used this once-in-a-nation's-history border crisis to exploit it in an effort to weaponize our appetite for climate change. They said this is the root cause of illegal immigration. The people in these third world nations are worried about what the climate's going to do. They don't think their government's doing enough. So they're coming to our country. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. I mean, but can you imagine the profundity, how profound that is to insult one's intelligence by literally saying to the American people that that's why they're coming here? You talk about propaganda. People, climate change is white privilege. People have no idea what climate change is in an inner city. Like, they've heard about it, but they don't prioritize it. Because if your murder rate is up 30%, you're not worried about the weather. You're worried about whether or not you're going to get stabbed on the way to the bodega or the bogada, as Jill Biden famously called it when she was down in San Antonio pretending to have a relationship with the Latino community or the Latinx community, as the Democrats have rebranded them. Okay, that's what they see voter outreach as in this day and age. We'll design special words just for your voting block. And then we'll drive up crime and inflation and gas and ruin your school. But we're on your side, you see? Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Okay, but their indifference to the human suffering, forget that they're insulting you and telling you they're walking a thousand miles because of climate change. Okay, they're doing so because they want you to care about climate change. They're doing so because they want to end the conversation about securing the border, a conversation that's literally getting people killed. And all the Democrats want to do is use it to their political advantage. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America.
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. How about it, girlfriend? Uh, Emily Campagno coming by in the next hour. Katie Pavlich going to be here. Brian Brenberger as well. Uh, the Maryland Senator, Ben Cardin, whose staffer was caught having sex in a Senate hearing room. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Oh, stop it. Uh, <laughs> ben Cardin was questioned about this yesterday. Uh, it's not great audio, but here he is trying to make sense of it. Uh, talk of the Capitol Police, clip nine. Do you think there will be criminal charges pressed? I'm not going to get into personnel investigation issues. But you, but your your office is what cooperating with the Capitol Police Absolutely. on this. Absolutely. And have they contacted you to look I, into this? They haven't contacted me, yeah. uh, but I, I'd have to check to see if someone in my office was contacted. Ooh. He should be behind bars. I mean, if breaching the Senate chamber in a buffalo hat means you should die in prison. Uh, two guys getting it on in the chamber, I would think, is an imprisonable offense. Uh, Senator Cardin is asking authorities to turn the other cheek. The problem is his staffer already turned the other cheek, if you will. Oh, stop it. Oh, you. That's all I meant to say, though, is they're talking about criminal charges. Obviously, it wouldn't be the guy's first time in handcuffs. But this is the reality of this moment. People are having sex in a Senate hearing, okay, chamber. Okay, this is the party that told us decency was on the ballot. Do you remember that? They're like, well, we got to get the Republicans out because decency's on the ballot. Now we've had a topless trans activist at the White House. Guys are having sex in a Senate hearing room. I mean, there's cocaine all over the White House. <laughs> Jill Biden, decency's on the ballot. What she didn't tell you is that decency is the name of a drag stripper that's coming to your local kindergarten by the end of the year. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There he is. There's our guy. Back in action. Big hour coming up of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Emily Campagna is going to be here, co-host of Outnumbered, a human happy hour, if you will. Uh, And we're going to have a grown-up talk about all things America. We're also going to hear from Katie Pavlich, best of the best, a general in the Fallon Fashion Army, a multimedia superstar here on the Fox platform as well. And Brian Brenberg will also show up. And, of course, we will welcome your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons, 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of the show, a show that has one rule. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. That's all it is, man. All it is. Yes, I'm on Fox News Radio. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, I am a conservative. Oh, hell no. But no, I am not your enemy. Okay, just a regular dude. I'm going to go home and play video games with my son after this. Well, actually, when I get off the radio, I'm going to powder my fat face and go to TV with Laura Ingram. But once I take off the hooker paint, I'm going to go home to my family, make dinner. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make dinner, and I'm excited to make dinner. You're killing yourself the way you eat. You're all fat Look at you. But the point is I will make that dinner, critics aside. And I'll hang out with my family. That's what I do. I'm a regular guy. I'm sure a lot of you listening are going to do the same thing. You're going to make dinner, hang out with your family, your friends, or whatever you're into. Okay? You're going to say you're coming home for dinner and go hang out with your side chick. Hubba, hubba. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just telling you straight up, okay, that we are all in the fun business on this earth. And the whole point of my show is to remind people 
that regardless of our political differences, okay, if we die tomorrow, we're not going to wish we spent all day today fighting over our political differences. We're going to worry about having more fun. So I'm trying to discuss this stuff, but I'm trying to make sure everybody listening to it understands the era of looking at people who disagree with you as enemies has to end or there's not going to be a country to fight over. Okay, we're in a really bad spot right now. And every one of these guys that's a big conservative jumping on social media that thinks they're a general in some type of an army is getting, you know, fraudulently rich by weaponizing your frustrations, by selling you anger and agitation. But is it actually improving anything, anything whatsoever in this country? The answer would be no. No. And obviously the liberals on the other side that are telling you it's racist if you have guacamole because it's cultural appropriation. You know, can't have Halloween because it's culturally insensitive, but yet they're having kill the Jews rallies at their elite colleges. They're obviously full of it, too. What I'm trying to be is a port in the storm between those two things. Okay, and if you find yourself in that sensibility, you will fit in great around here. Okay, right now, though, (laughs) we talk speaking of good goodness gracious, speaking of things that are man, oh boy, oh man, I guess the term we'd be looking for uh, is great fits. Uh, What's going on in the Senate right now, not a great fit for our country, okay? No ifs, ands, or buts. Actually, there were some buts, if you've been following the Senate story. Uh, And sadly, they were exposed to the camera because two men were caught having sex in a Senate hearing room, okay? The same Senate hearing room where we confirm Supreme Court justices is now the star of a starring location for a Pornhub video. Okay, for all intents and purposes, between a staffer for Senator Ben Cardin from Maryland and I believe an unnamed accomplice. Now, the good news is the guy has been fired. They gave him a pink slip and he put it on. Hey, oh, I kid. But the bad news is every day, every single day. Okay, there's a thing going on in our country now where people who partake in deviant acts get caught doing them. And then try to tell us they're the victim. Okay, we saw this with the woman running for for Congress, the Democrat running for Congress, who was streaming her sex life online. And then when she got called out for doing it, she was like, I'm being demonized by Republicans just for being a woman. What an idiot. Of course. Why? Because she was streaming it. But she tried to frame it as if Republicans called attention to it. Republicans were trying to, you know, let the people know what she was up to. No, 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 no. You're not the victim of a spy cam if you're the director of the video who's posting it online. This wasn't posted by a Republican. It was posted by her, the woman who then turns around and goes, I'm a victim. You don't understand. Shut up. Will you shut up? But she didn't shut up. and She ultimately lost the election which is unfortunate given how much she did for everybody's poll numbers. That was the worst thing I ever heard. But understand, she wanted us to believe she was a victim. The same with this staffer. So he is in a video that gets posted on the Internet of him and his man having sex. And now he's like, I'm going to get a lawyer. I'm going to sue. I can't believe they're talking about me. Hello, you took the video. You starred in the video. You broke the law by going into the Senate hearing room and having sex. And they want you to believe, as they did yesterday on NBC, that Republicans, 
Republicans are making hay trying to weaponize the fact that a man is in love with another man. That was embarrassing. It is embarrassing, but it's not embarrassing to them because they don't have any self-respect anymore. We're living in the death of shame. You guys, there is no world, none, zero, no world where we would be on board with this if it was a different type of sex, okay? If it's one guy, okay, and one woman, they get caught having sex, okay? We're still not going to be happy about it. It's one guy and two women. I love it when you talk dirty. But the point is, we're still not going to be happy about it. It doesn't matter what the numbers are. It doesn't matter what the sexual orientation is, okay? If people are having sex in Senate hearing rooms, you understand, okay, that is disrespectful to the chamber. And if people are trying to weaponize the fact that some of us are being, uh, I don't know, critical of this type of deviant behavior really does speak to a lack of shame and decency on their part. Okay? You can't be having sex in the Senate. There was no era where we were like, oh, no, you know, time was. You and your man could go into the side room, have sex in the Senate, throw it all over the Internet, and nobody said anything. Okay? That was never the case in the history of the country. You are correct, sir. I'm not saying it didn't go on. Okay. Okay. We had presidents that were having sex in the White House with people other than their wives. This is not okay. Oh, wow. Wow. It's amazing that Hillary thought we were automatically thinking of her husband. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. JFK, uh, I mean, RFK for that matter, we're getting pretty down and dirty with Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But who knows what else was going on? The point is, we know it's happened. But only in the current shameless era we're living in can the people doing it film themselves, post it on the Internet, and then say we're the bad guys for calling it out. Do you realize how broken the compass is in society that anybody whatsoever considers that an acceptable defense? Well, they're pouncing because a man loves a man. Nah, we don't care. Stop it. You know how many gay Republicans there are out there? The log cabin Republicans? They have a, you know, they have a group. They call themselves that. Okay, but the point is when you start to pivot it to some type of bigotry or some type of homophobia, okay, it's a way of making yourself the aggrieved class in a situation where you're the one who committed the violation. Okay, that's what's going on right now. Let me give you a little more Senator Ben Cardin. Uh, he was talking about this earlier. Uh, it's clip eight. It's a breach of trust. My understanding the Capitol Police is doing an investigation. It's a personnel issue. So we clearly will be... I'm not going to comment on the personnel issue. It's under investigation. What do you mean you were terribly angry? Can you explain how you came to learn this and, you know, your emotions and seeing this? Uh, I learned it over the weekend. It brought to my attention. Are there any internal investigations happening in your office to figure out, you know, what went on here, any hiring practices? These are personnel issues that I won't talk about publicly as to how we have personnel. I mean, listen. I feel for the guy. It's not easy knowing that a member of your staff has a crack problem. But stick with me, okay? We once held this country hostage for three years because the liberal media wanted you to believe there was a Russian P-tape. Okay, it was made up by the Clinton campaign. The Clinton campaign, okay, released a report to the, to the FBI. They went to the FBI and said, hey, we're not here on behalf of the campaign. We're just here as concerned citizens. That was the claim. We're here as concerned citizens. We've heard these reports on Donald Trump doing business with an alpha bank and 
Donald Trump having two Russian prostitutes pee on a bed where Barack Obama had slept when he was president. This was his way of getting back at Obama. Trump's into that kinky sort of thing. And this was something completely unsubstantiated in the Steele dossier that no one could corroborate. The FBI paid its top informant, Christopher Steele, a million dollars to corroborate one sentence of the report. He said he couldn't do it. Yet they put this into our political discourse for three years. No evidence, no witness testimony, no nothing, saying that this was even a possibility to have happened. And the media blared it from the rooftops all over America. Now we have an actual video that a guy took of himself committing a deviant sex act. And the media is like, why are you guys even talking about this? I don't get it. The media is a bunch of losers. But of course they are. Because they're activists masquerading as journalists. Yo, this isn't okay. This isn't okay. Guy should be in jail. Okay, they should probably be in separate cells based on what we <laughs> what we know. Might be a might might be a little bit less of a punishment and a lot more of a reward if you put them in the same cell, if you're picking up what I'm putting down in the shower. Uh, but the point is, this is disgusting. It's not because they're gay. It's disgusting if anybody's doing something like that in a Senate hearing room. Okay, we were told that January 6th, and I understand one is not the other, okay, but we were told that violating, breaching the trust and the decency of the Senate chamber was something that should get you 20 years in prison. Now, I understand they were tacking on the idea that the government was trying to function and these guys were inhibiting its ability to do so on January 6th. That's the claim. And one is not the other. But at the same time, if there's a standard of decency in that chamber, it shouldn't get a timeout when two people are horny, okay, if they happen to be members of the Democratic Party. But that's where we find ourselves. The fact that we can't have a common cause, okay, that we can't have common culture, okay, is why the country's as screwed up as it is. We all know deep down securing the border is good. Okay, have to secure the border. You just have to. It's front door of the house. Got to do it. Got to support the cops. Got to improve the quality of schools. Okay, these are things we all know. Okay, yet we can't agree on them anymore. Okay, because if we agree on them, you can't exploit the division. So Democrats, who you understand, okay, would be lighting the country on fire if two Republicans were having sex in a break room, okay, are completely indifferent to the fact that Democrats got caught doing so because it's not good for their cause. But when your cause is more important than your country, that's how you wind up breaking the toy you're fighting to control. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that sees through the bullshit. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And Mother Christmas has just made her way back into the studio. The That's clapping you hear. You. Ms. Miss Christmas. Christmas. Uh, the Human Happy Hour co-host about numbered host of the Fox True Crime Podcast. Emily Campagno in the house and the crowd goes wild. Hey, hey, hey. Special envoy from the North Pole here, they ladies should, and gentlemen. They should know this uh, really quickly. Uh, we were filming a segment for Fox mm. News Saturday night this week, and I'll be hosting the show. Uh, and it was a Christmas caroling segment. We surprised Emily in her office with some Christmas carolers. To your credit, stuck to landing. Dude, the funniest thing is how, like, I got the assignment, but but I missed the details. Yes. So first of all, you guys, I have two minutes before we're supposed to film. So I run into my office thinking in my head, great, I have two minutes to change. I come into my office, and there are four fully Dickensian clothed humans singing 
and like a budding my wardrobe, like in full. <laughs> what are those things called? Top hats, tails. Yes, capes, canes, <laughs> and a full camera crew. And then Jimmy there with a microphone. And the funniest part is my office is the size of like my pinky nail. So all of that fit in the office that already has so much stuff in there. And then I didn't know that after the ha 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 part, I was yeah. supposed to keep singing. Uh-huh. So there's just there's beautiful. It's there's just a glorious pause. It's theatrics. It's a, we, a pregnant pause. It was a controlled detonation on camera. And then we stuck the landing. Did we ever? It's I mean, great. we got the carolers to start rapping. None of it matters. They were beatboxing. They were rapping. Yeah. Like we took it to another level. Fox That's News right. Saturday night this Saturday, 10 p.m. And if you miss it, it'll re-air on Christmas Eve as a Christmas special. You'll see Jenny and Lincoln on that as well. But right now, Emily Campagno is in the house. We're having a little you and me time because Santa's coming. This matters. This is the home stretch. What Christmas song have you heard the most? I could tell you mine. Okay. If if you want me to buy you some time. Well, I no, Mm -hmm. I don't need you to buy. What what I was going to say was, if it's me, Mm -hmm. like uh, on that, I keep playing. It's threefold. It is Carrie Underwood, Hallelujah. Okay. It is Wham, Last, Last Christmas, Christmas, in the reverse order. And then number three is, well, I guess that's an Easter song, so mm-hmm. never mind. Those, <laughs> two, those two are what I play con- okay. on continual repeat. A lot of Wham. And then in the world, of course, it's mm-hmm. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, which is on, on every bike pedicab yeah, you can't throughout avoid throughout the city. So it's the constant soundtrack. As soon as I exit the building, yeah. it's the soundtrack that accompanies me home. Yeah, you can. It's just everywhere you go, too, because it's played at, like you said, at every store. So like if you were just, <laughs> if you were just left to leave Fox News, folks, and walk in any direction. There's Christmas displays, Christmas trees, Christmas stores. They're all playing the same song. You can't outrun that song. No way. It's heaven. It's my heaven. So I I listen, uh, as you'd imagine, a fair amount of Elvis in my house being an Elvis guy. But I think the song I hear the most this time of year is Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. Nice. It's so good. And it's just so good for atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? Uh, totally. But, but that's where we are. We're, I don't know, five days, four days, five days from Santa, Em. It's a good time to be alive. You know what has been marking the closing proximity or the approaching proximity is that every night I've been doing an advent on my Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. And I open the advent and inside is a piece of paper with scripture written on it. And then I read the scripture. I go to the Bible and I read it out loud. And that is every night I'm like, oh my gosh, like last night I was like, it's the 18th. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then tonight I'm like, it's the 19th. Yeah, like that's my sort of been my barometer. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, I've been watching Christmas movies since the day after Halloween. I've had my Christmas tree up since November 1st. Like I've been, I live in Christmas. Is that true? Yeah. We have to apologize to Jess. We give Jenny a hard time for getting it like on the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. You give her a hard time. The day after Thanksgiving is reasonable. normal. No, no, That's I reasonable. I know it is. Imagine, it, if you lived with me, you would shoot yourself. Well, for a multitude of reasons. I don't think Christmas <laughs> would be. I don't think Christmas would be in the top five, to be honest <laughs> with you. But the point is, there went Jimbo. <laughs> Emily Campagno is in the house. Um, when is your last day before you take a break here, Fox? I'll be with you until Friday. Um, mm-hmm. I'm here all week. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then I return on the 3rd. So it. nice long break. Can you. I say this too while yeah. we talk about Jenny and partnerships and whatnot? What I have found is like the how you and your partner view Christmas, that's a big compa- compatibility. Oh, yeah. thing. Like me and my partner, like mm-hmm. he loves Christmas as much as I do. Mm-hmm. He loves Christmas songs as much as oh, I do. that matters. We are so matched in that. We are so equally yoked. And I've realized how fundamental that is and how awesome it is yeah because sharing like what makes you more excited or i guess i guess you could say that about just whatever it is Listen, that makes you most excited it really, and if it's christmas it's this time and if you guys share it it's like 
the best. Yes, and the truth is, if you don't like that same thing, the only runner-up to that is you need to hate the same thing. Yes. You need to have, like, one Amen. person. Yeah, oh, but more importantly, did you see what Beth did today? Yeah. And you're like, that whore, you know, and that, that brings a couple together just <laughs> How'd the that same. How'd that team do? Damn it. We suck. <laughs> so if you can't yeah. have a sing-along to Blue Christmas, at least you can give Beth a Blue Christmas while you're gossiping. That's right. Ho, 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 Em. I miss you ready. Yeah, I know. There it went. There the time went. Best 10 minutes oh, of my life. It um, felt like three minutes and 15 seconds. Watch my podcast, guys, if you have, if you have a minute. <laughs> Check it out. Thanks. Could you please? Listen, whatever. <laughs> it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You are never more than three feet. From the song All I Want for Christmas is You, between the dates of November 1st and probably like January 2nd, I guess, is realistic. Uh, joining us now, uh, someone you better stay multiple feet away from because she's armed. I mean, if she doesn't like, you know, <laughs> if she doesn't like Mariah Carey, uh, you and Mariah got big problems on your hand. Uh, multimedia Fox News superstar Katie Pavich returns to the show. KP, what it is? Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Great to be on your show. Ho, ho, ho. Are the Pavliches in good spirits? Are they ready for Santa? How's that working out? They are. They're in great spirits. Uh, as you know, as you know, my brother, yeah, uh, he had a baby. Well, he didn't have a baby. His wife had a baby. I know we have to Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, in 2023, uh, but, he might have. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, a month-old uh, nephew on our hands, so Whoa. we're all excited, and I'm going to wow. go meet him, and so it's, things are good in the Pavlich land. Oh, that makes me happy. Um, have yeah. you... Uh, have you moved into that emotional space where you're going to be the cool aunt? Like, where does that put Obviously, you? That's the only option. <laughs> that's the, that's the only has, option. Has the child received, uh, like, an AR-15 shaped pacifier yet? What are we talking oh, yes. about here? Yes, absolutely. Yes, all of the things. <laughs> Listen, uh, the, the, the hunting rifles are already locked away for when he is... 11 years old and can go out in the field. No, so I love everything that. Everything is pre-prepared. You, you, can't, you can't miss it. The only kid who has a Dora Explorer with rhinestone boots on. Stuff like that. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, ho, ho, ho. That puts me in good spirits. Um, yeah. We are. I got to tell you, man, this is supposed to be the last week of the year. It's like all stupid stuff. But we have some interesting things going on uh, yeah. in the news. Uh, some of them are difficult to articulate on a family program such as this. But they have <laughs> uh, they got a little frisky in the Senate. I don't know if you heard. Oh, KP. Geez. I oh gee. Yeah. I thought I was done talking about this. You are. I avoided this topic for the whole weekend. Uh-huh. And then. Had to discuss it yesterday, uh-huh. and uh, you know yeah. now they're doing this big investigation. Yeah. So it's like it's not going to go away. No, you know and, it's going to be here for a while. And and let's be clear: if there are criminal charges, it won't be his first time in handcuffs. Good night, everybody. <laughs> right, we gotta go. <laughs> no, right. it's funny. It's funny. You, oh, I know. For, it's so ridiculous. It's yeah, like it's, what is happening? Yeah, it's and stupid. also go do your job. Like the borders are going to total mess. That's the what big are you point. doing? Yeah, well, that's the bigger point, and that's where I wanted to go with this. Is there's a lot of superficial stupidity uh, in our politics every day, but the idea of what's happening at the border, I almost find it entertainingly stupid. And what I mean by that is the pushback right now. We played a montage earlier from a group of Democrats who are still trying to stand on the whole securing the border is racist thing. Uh-huh. And it's such a scam because the actual people being harmed by an open border are the members of the minority groups they purport right. to care about. I mean, isn't that the right. case? Yeah, and I mean, it's not you know, they they throw this xenophobia racist line out as a lazy way of not wanting to actually do anything to solve the problem. Meanwhile, you have the mayor of New York City, who is not white, the mayor of Chicago, not white, mm-hmm. um, all <laughs> saying, hey, this is a huge problem. Fix it. Of course, they don't 
necessarily point to President Biden, who is mm-hmm. directly responsible for this. They're mad at Greg Abbott, who is mm-hmm. the governor of Texas, for daring to send these people to their cities when the federal government is sending them by the, the millions to cities around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, is, it is a scam. It's a scam for everybody. It just shouldn't matter what your race is. Um, you know, these people are engaged in rampant asylum fraud. And the backlog for the court system now is five years. Basically, if you get here, you get to stay. And the president has the executive authority. They keep throwing this monkey back to, like, the House and the Senate, right, you know, Mm. they and say that it's their problem to fix. No, the president has a lot of authority when it comes to securing the sovereignty of the country, and he's refusing to do it because it would dare be similar to what Trump did. So they just can't bring themselves. I mean, the the ego and the pride that is leading to this horrific problem on the border is just astonishing. It's like they (laughs) just can't do it because it has something to do with Trump. It's like just take Trump out of it and just look at the policy if you're really that bothered by it. Imagine you do have a lot of power to fix it. That's the part that drives me nuts. Talking to Katie Pavlich, multimedia superstar, uh, a general in the fail of fashion army. And most importantly, (laughs) highest (laughs) accolade bestowed upon a Fox contributor. Let's be clear. Um, That is funny, though. But it's true because what you're watching now is I do feel like we're entering some semblance of a course correction. Meaning mm-hmm. there is an appetite for Trump policy now because people are starting to see the fraud of the opposition. And what I mean yeah. by that is every single person who was saying something like, we're a sanctuary city, OK, mm-hmm. was saying it because they didn't have to take in migrants. It was branding. Right. We're right. empathetic. We should build bridges and not walls. But, you know, something right. you were pointing out when this was happening, I certainly was pointing it out myself, is none of the bridges, not walls people were building building bridges onto their property. They were putting up right. walls, you know, right. and that's right. like the fraud. So now the fact that Democratic mayors are speaking out, as you said, that aren't white. OK, it's so funny to me because they were the same ones declaring themselves sanctuary cities. And you see the scam in that Texas. OK, if we've had eight million people cross this border illegally before we even get to the gotaways, Texas dealt right. with about the first seven and a half million by themselves before anybody spoke up. So this whole we're all in this together thing is still a little bit of a reach. No. Yeah. And they're they're Democrats always freak out no matter what the issue when you hold them accountable to their own standards. Mm-hmm. Any t- they always set the rules. They always you know, break the norms. They do all these new things. And then when Republicans turn around and say, OK, well, let's live up to the rules that you put in place for everybody, mm-hmm. they can't handle it. They panic. They break down. They, they call, call people names. They call people racist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, all they really want to do is virtue signal about these things, make other people responsible for the solution, and then ride away on a high horse like they're somehow morally superior because they, you know, theoretically are open to everyone until the rubber hits the road and they, they can't be, you know, the, the reality hits them right in the face about the fact that there are resources that have to be managed. Yep. The budget of New York City isn't endless. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't print money like the federal government. I mean, these the realities of this come, you know, yep. in and just hit them so hard. Yeah. And then they can't handle it when you say, well, you did this to yourself. Mm-hmm. So figure it out. It's your standard. <laughs> that is my favorite part of the whole thing, though, is that it is uh, in, in every sense of the word. This is a homemade thing for them. 
And I yep. find it I find it funny. So I love that Greg Abbott is actually doing something. I just think it sucks that it's come to this point because we are. I mean, at the end of the day, if you were like if you look at the government, like it's like like we could give it a Yelp review like this no. administration's Yelp reviews would not would, recommend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Negative imagine how good would not recommend. Yes. Imagine how good the Yelp reviews would be. They'd be hilarious. <laughs> Everything would be, would be like half a star. They'd have like four star reviews from a couple of drug cartels. Give them that. Yeah, and, that's true. They and there would. would be good reviews if you could read Ukrainian writing. There would be some good reviews. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. But as for the rest of us, like my God, it's crazy. So let me that's ask you crazy. this: just general speculation, knowing what we know about Biden, he's historically unpopular. There's obviously an appetite within the party to get rid of him. When you hear like Obama reports leaking, okay, they're leaking by design, is my guess. You know, timing of this all not being a coincidence. If we could crystal ball our way into 2024, and I'm being generous by saying this world is going to make it to 2024 but assume we get there okay do you see a 2024 where they let him stay on the ticket we're just spitballing i still think they're trying to get him off yeah i mean it's going to be if they do it at this point it seems like they would do it at the convention just Mm -hmm. because some of these filing dates for ballot access have passed Mm -hmm. i mean democrats are fierce. I mean, I would not be surprised if they shanked him at the convention. <laughs> um, or if he or if he, you know, gets all these delegates and then, you know, gives them away to someone yeah. he wants, you know, wants to be the nominee. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure Jill Biden will allow this though. I I, I'm convinced that she's the one running the show here because she loves yeah. being first lady and yep. she loves all the perks. So I, I'm not sure. They're going to have to get through her first. That's but in point. terms of the polling, like he's his approval rating is in the low 30s. Uh, there was a national Politico um, consult poll that came out, I think, today, mm-hmm. showing that Trump is winning independence by 10 points, Yeah, 10, nationally. Uh-huh. And that's a big problem for the Democrats because yeah. Joe Biden was supposed to be this you know, moderate, middle-of-the-road guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is highly unpopular. His policies are unpopular. The economy, there's new Fox News polling out today showing that by 32-point margin, people believe that Biden's economy has actually harmed them. Yeah. And, you know, feeling harm is Dutch different than saying, like, things kind of suck, I yeah. wish they were better. For people, to, that many people to feel like that or to know that yeah. the economy has actively harmed them is a big problem, especially since they've been trying this Bidenomics thing, which really is not working. Yeah, no, but the you know, Bidenomics is a fancy way of saying people are selling pictures of their feet on the Internet right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't knock it. I'm making good money off Jenny right now. I mean, to be clear, yeah, they're, they're, they're my feet. I just use her profile picture. These guys don't need to know. You know what I'm I saying? discovered once that I have a five star rating on Wiki Feet. <laughs> is so that true? That. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, a, it's, a, it's a fact. Is is there so anything? I'm glad to know. If, yeah. I, if this career goes south, I have another one. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything funnier than like getting the Google alerts about yourself? Like something I never get to discuss yeah. on the show, and I should. Is Jenny and I, over the course of the last year and a half, have watched the Google alerts get so funny because it's like reports on her, reports on me. You know what I mean? And it's always yeah. entertaining. Like, what's your like? How tall you are? Yeah, yeah. My favorite's like Katie Pavlich is worth twenty million dollars. <laughs> like, no, I wish that would be great. It's, like, uh, not true. I'm like, dude, I'm getting paid in chicken fingers. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I get told that all the time. That is funny. Well, listen, uh, I I don't doubt. I don't doubt now that you've achieved cool and status and you have a five star on wiki feed. The Google (laughs) the Google alerts are about to get real steamy in 2024. So here's to Uh, you. At least something is except for, you know, the Senate hearing. (laughs) There it is.
it is. A comedy callback by Katie Pavlich. Ho, ho, ho. You're the best, pal. I'll see you on the the TV set soon. Thanks, Jimmy. Have a good one. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There she goes. The great Katie Pavlich. A five-star rating on WikiFeet. Hubba, hubba. (laughs) One of the funniest things. I never share this with you on the air, and I should. it's, It's a shame. I may have to cover this with Jenny Fela on Saturday night. Jenny Fela is going to be on Fox News Saturday night this week, and I'm hosting the show. It's a Christmas episode, so I'm bringing my family on. They're going to be the panel. And uh, <laughs> we'd have a funny time talking about the Google. You get Google alerts. Google sends you alert every day of, like, all the articles your name appeared in, the media sources that talked about you, places your videos were played, places your podcast was played. And there's always, like, these fan sites that actually don't know anything about you. Like, one of our favorite one over the past year is if you listen to this show, you've never heard me talk for five minutes. Five minutes. Without mentioning Jenny or Lincoln. I have never probably gone five minutes in the history of the show without mentioning one of them because something we're talking about reminded me of them. In any event, we got like a day of Google alerts one day where it was like, it's unknown if Jimmy Fallon is married or has a family. Uh, he's never mentioned them on the air or on TV. That is balderdash and hogwash. and mm-hmm. Which is why we find it so funny. But one of the th- funny things that's really entertaining about being like a semi-public figure is there are a lot of sites writing about you, like not just here but on other sides of the world. So to Katie Pavlich's point, you can see things. You could Google, like, people's height. Like it'll be Greg, Greg Gutfeld is five foot nine. <laughs> In a, but for real, like a, Greg Gutfeld is five foot six. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to get to the real number, but the point is they exaggerate a bit. And uh, same thing. They'll be like, Jimmy Fallon's a multi-millionaire. <laughs> what are you talking about? But that's how these sites go. Uh, it's a lot of sensationalism because they know there's an intellectual curiosity out there. But every once in a while they get something right and you do have a good chuckle about it. And that's something Jenny and I have really enjoyed over the course of the last two years. As you find, folks, have made us a little more relevant. But the good news is, you know, everywhere you go, people know who you are. Uh, the bad news is, everywhere you go, people know who you are. That's true. That is true. I mean, you got to remember, I'm a mess first, okay? I am white trash with hair and makeup. <laughs> so it's, I, I always request this. If, I, if you see me in public and you know me and you want to say hi, do it immediately. Do not let me behave for two hours without knowing you're there. And then when I'm getting dragged out of the airport chilies by my ear, you go, hey, Jimmy, I watch you on Fox. Because I wouldn't have got dragged out of that airport chilies if I knew I had a reason to behave. Now, you could argue that I should just know better and behave. And I am doing better uh, to my credit. Okay, You're not telling me the truth. Okay, but the point is I would do even better if I knew we had that third rail there to kind of scare us straight. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, You see me on the TV here on the Fox News Channel quite a bit. Uh, Joining us now on the line... A man who I saw on the Fox News channel, whether he realizes it or not, Harold weighs in from Raleigh. Harold! How you doing, Mr. Fela? Uh, Merry Christmas to you and the family, sir. How ho ho, my man. Am I correct in assuming you were doing a diner segment with Lawrence Jones maybe a week and a half ago when I saw you? week and a half ago, but I didn't have enough time to speak because they cut you off kind of quick. Oh, man. And 
Yeah, they don't give you they don't give you a lot of time. And, and my, <laughs> my, my 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 gist of my uh-huh. my point was if, if, if people want unferreted immigration, then they should have to pay for it. The people that want to sponsor this should have to pay for it. Yep. I shouldn't be on the hook for something something that I don't believe in. That's funny. You know. That's a good point. We should actually just start allocating government funding based on like electives. Like, you know, when you're declaring your taxes, what your electives are, you know, right. we, sh- we should basically do that because, you know, the truth is nobody wants to pay for what we're doing right now. It's being forced on us. But uh, it was I was randomly watching because I was on Fox and Friends later that morning and I saw you on in the yeah. diner and I'm like, I absolutely recognized your voice. And I was like, that's my man, Harold. So let so, me ask you this. Well, Go ahead. Because I know they didn't get into Kathy Hochul reparations that day, but our audience should know that our governor has formed a reparations panel uh, here in the state of New York. Are you going to collect? What's your move on this? Well, every three years we get the same nonsense. It's nothing but virtual signaling. signaling. And Mm -hmm. the bottom line is this. Any historian will tell you the white slaves, the white slave traders didn't go into the continent of Africa and get people. They were already boxed up on the shores by the the, uh, the kings or queens that defeated them. They boxed them up already. So mm-hmm. is any of these countries, Ghana, any of these uh, West Ivory, any of these people being asked to pay reparations? Mm-hmm. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, and any white people that came in after 1865 should be raising hell because they didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, that's that's the bigger scam that it's it's so amazing that they've even tried to run with this. But I guess there's enough gullible, stupid people and enough people that are pro handout that'll play along with it. But what it ultimately is, is it just an attempt to buy votes? I mean, this is no different than Gavin Newsom floating this around the time of his recall. Is it it looks like a way to buy votes. But don't you think the average person sees through this? Well, Mr. Failer, the, op- the objective has been to dumb people down so they wouldn't they wouldn't know if you put it right in front of them because that's why the education system is so terrible. I see these people protesting for Hamas and Hez- Hezbollah and Palestine. They're over here. They don't know the history of they don't know the history of Israel and how it was created. You, if you ask them what the Belfort Declaration was, they probably wouldn't even know. Nope, that's scary. No, they don't. They don't know. I've said this before. Half of those guys think the Gaza Strip is a gentleman's club. Straight up. <laughs> well, well, Mr. Fellow, all I wanted to say is if Miss Hochul is giving out money, do I qualify because I'm not a New York resident anymore? Oh, but no. I no, I was there for 48 years. I know. I should, give me, I should give me, I should get, maybe I should get a prorated, prorated amount. Listen, it's the least it's the least Hochul can do. I'm going to get I'm going to get the governor's mansion on the line. Uh, Harold, Merry Christmas to you and your family, my man. Hey, take care. Thanks for taking my call, sir. For sure. Ho, ho, ho. There he goes, the great Harold, uh, talking about my governor, Kathy Hochul, who famously took over for Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! I mean, she's turning out to be a bigger dirtbag than he is. Oh, yeah, we need reparations. The people who weren't alive should get paid off by the people who weren't alive. That is financial lunacy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. And here we go. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We're going to have one of my buddies, Brian Brenberg, host of The Big Money Show, stopping by to talk about the Biden economy, which I got to be honest with you, Biden sucks. They're not using the term Bidenomics anymore because according to new polling we're going to get into in this hour, just 14 percent of Americans, just 14 percent say the Biden economy 
is helping them. You gotta do better than that. 14% say the guy's doing a good job on the economy. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. He's finished, uh, and we'll explain why in this hour. 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of the program, a program that genuinely doesn't care who the president is. I mean, you honestly... I don't care. If the country is thriving, I'm happy. Rising tide lifts all boats. We win. So I don't sit here all day and try to win elections. I just want to see a decent quality of life. Sadly, in the moment we find ourselves in, everything, and I mean everything, seems to be going to hell under the current administration. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. And that's not me talking to you, okay? That's the American people. Let me read you this number, and uh, we can get into this. And if you agree, you disagree, anything in between, doesn't matter. You're all welcome on the show. You don't have to see it my way. You call in and just level it. You're an idiot. You could do that. I wouldn't care. You're just another dirtbag. I'd still put you on. You could say anything you want. Then you're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just a talk show host. That used to be a thing we did when I was a kid. You just, you know, guys would call up and talk, and one guy would agree, one guy would disagree, and it wouldn't matter. Okay, now it's like, oh, you disagree? This person's a murderer. You ever seen such negative campaigning oh, in your life? Dirtiest campaign I ever remember. I mean, that's pretty much every campaign now. And it's sad, but I don't want to be that thing. So let's talk about this. Okay, according to the latest Fox News National Survey, just 14% say they've been helped by Biden's economic policies. Okay, understand this. Okay, before you just go, well, it's Fox News. You know, they must lean to the right, so naturally they're just mad. Let's take a step down the road, okay? Let's go over to the Monmouth University poll. Monmouth. So not you can't just tell me this is a Fox News thing, you dig? It's a fun thing about my show. It's like we showed up loaded for bear. We're just trying to have honest conversations. I'm not trying to make Biden look bad because Biden doesn't need help looking bad. That's true. That is true. Okay. According to a Monmouth University poll, 44% of Americans say they're struggling to remain where they are financially. Another 43% report by being basically stable, while only 12%, while only 12% of Americans say their financial situation is improving under Joe Biden. I mean. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, 12%. That's Monmouth. Okay. Fox said it was 14%. So Fox gave him a slightly better grade. Fox said 14% of Americans thought they were improving because of Biden. 14%. And there's a word for these people. They're called crazy. Okay. But even so, Monmouth says it's just 12%. But let's let's not just keep it at these two. Okay. Jimmy's giving you real data here. A Harvard Caps Harris poll found that 55% of respondents said they were worse off personally During Joe Biden's presidency, 55% of respondents, okay, said they were worse off because this guy is the president. So you understand, if you're looking at this like it is a restaurant, okay, you're talking about pluralities of larger than 80% all in, saying that Joe Biden's economy is hurting them. Do you understand That is a disaster, an abject disaster for this country. And saying, oh, Trump or something or white supremacy or the, the, 
you know, transphobia, all these social justice buzzwords that the Democrats respond with. But the climate, you see, okay, all of these things they pivot to as a defense have one thing in common, and that's the fact that they don't improve anybody's quality of life. Bingo. Okay, the Democrats have focused on pretend deliverables, and in doing so, they've fought all the wrong battles, and America is bearing the consequences of that now, okay? Between the Fox poll and the Monmouth poll, okay, you got basically 13% of Americans think they're doing better since Biden got elected, 13%. 13% think they're doing better. And Biden wants you to believe, the White House wants you to believe, well, the problem is messaging. Not even close! The problem ain't messaging. The problem is when people go to the store, they're paying a lot more money than they used to, which means when they go to the bank, they have a lot less money in it than they used to, which means when they get a paycheck, they have a lot more money allocated before they start spending it than they used to. Okay? The numbers are the problem. You know, you read these reports that over the holiday, the Thanksgiving break, Biden was reaming his staffers because he said his poll numbers weren't good enough. What are they going to do to improve this? Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you try to improve everybody's quality of life? And maybe your staffers won't be tasked with trying to sell beach getaways to people who just watch Jaws. Okay, because that's what the Biden economy is right now. Selling people on another four years of Biden. Imagine, imagine, imagine. Okay, people are sitting in lifeboats after the Titanic sunk, and your job is to row over and ask them if they want to buy another cruise. Okay, you know what their response would be? Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Okay, that's where we are. Four more years of Biden. You're essentially asking someone to buy a cruise after they just survived the Titanic. Okay, this is a disaster. This is not, it's, again, if you knew how little I cared about how you vote Okay, yes, it has consequences. Yes, I want you to make good choices. Yes, I want us to prioritize putting the best caliber of people into Washington. That matters. But I don't see this show as a means of steering your vote. I think I'm missing the whole opportunity to have a show in doing so with a political motive in mind. I want to be the one guy out there that invites everybody to come on, whether they like it or dislike it or agree or they disagree, doesn't matter to me. We need more of this. That's what we need. My happiest day at Fox was when Sean Hannity had Gavin Newsom on. I loved that day. Wasn't a part of it. I wasn't on Hannity that night. I was on Hannity last night. I'll be on Hannity tomorrow night, 9 o'clock hour. I'll close the show. But the point is, the night I wasn't on, the night Hannity had Newsom and DeSantis on, I loved, I loved, because we had a chance to compare and contrast ideas. That's the best thing for the country, man. Okay, I loved it. Some people said to me, like, why are you having Gavin Newsom on? Exactly. That's why. Because I wanted you to see that his reputation is earned for being a good-looking, central-casting 80s movie villain who's very savvy in front of the camera but is completely and totally full of That's Gavin Newsom. And I loved that we were debating ideas because if we debate ideas, America wins. If we debate who's a pretend racist, if if we debate who can control the climate, do you know how pretend the climate movement is? This is the funniest thing in the world. This is the funniest thing. I want to do this so bad. So yesterday, I was riding the New York City subway because I haven't been peed on in a while. What the hell did you just say? Oh, the subway is so disgusting right now. So disgusting. All kinds of pantless hobbits and wizards fondling themselves. I'm not even kidding. It's disgusting how far they've let the city go. But understand, one of the things being advertised on the New York City uh, subway right now is that one of the big museums here in New York... It's called climate art through the years. 
climate art through the years. The exhibit is called We Tried to Warn You, Climate Art Through the Years. And it's all the exhibits. It's all the, it's all the paintings, all the sculptures that were done to raise awareness to the climate crusade. Okay, but what the makers of this ad didn't realize, or maybe they did and they Trojan horsed it in there, is that the three examples they give the potential consumer of fine art they will see at this climate museum. (gasps) Oh, my, this is so funny. So the three examples of, you know, climate art through the years designed to bring attention to the cause. The three examples all are different. So they literally have up climate art over the years. We tried to warn you. Come check it out from December 15th to January 8th, this all-new exhibit. But what they didn't realize is they were like, oh, yeah, look at this fine art. It's about the climate. You're going to watch these environmentally conscious painters and sculptors. Isn't this a great thing to celebrate with the kids? Wrong. Why do I say that? Because picture number one is from the 70s, and it says we're all going to freeze. Picture number two is from the 90s, and it says we're all going to (laughs) melt. And why is that funny? Because it means they're full of They don't know what they're doing. Like when they say to you, we've got to reconfigure the whole economy. Because we've got this science on what the weather's going to do in 50 years. Okay? All they're really saying is... Please give us money. Okay? When that we're all going to freeze painting was popular, that's what they were doing. Passing around the collection hat. We're all going to freeze. Please give us money. Then their 10-year deadline came and went. Nobody froze and they were like, we're all going to melt. We're all going to melt. Please give us money. Okay? And now the third example they're showing is a modern example calling attention to climate change about boiling sea levels, okay, which is, of course, a total fraud. Believe me, the fish aren't showing up at the beach pre-cooked, okay? There's a reason you go to a seafood restaurant and it takes them time to prepare your meal. It's because it's not coming out of the ocean fully cooked because the ocean isn't boiling. That's something guys like Al Gore and John Kerry tell you. Why? Money, 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 money. Understand, you guys, this is really important, okay? The oldest cliche in the book about professions is, well, the best job to be is a weatherman because you can be wrong every day and you never lose your job. And that cliche has been around for as long as there's been a television set in America. So you'd say back to the mid-50s when people started to get mainstream TV access. Okay, it's about the mid-50s, Elvis 56, when Elvis went on Ed Sullivan and they'd only show him from the waist up because he didn't want him shaking his hips because it was getting all the ladies a little too horny. Okay, that's a true story. But around then, okay, we started watching The Weatherman on TV, and we started marveling at the fact that he can never predict tomorrow's weather, let alone what the weather's going to do in 50 years or 100 years. Think about the disgustingly gross oversimplification that is climate change. No, no, we don't know what the weather's going to do tomorrow, but we absolutely know what it's going to do in 50 years. Ergo, give up your freedoms now. Let us take over. Government's going to tell you what kind of leaf blower you can use, what kind of stove you can cook with, what kind of car you can drive, what kind of light bulb you can have, what kind of water filter you can have, what kind of water heater you can have. Okay? We got to take this stuff over because we know what's going to happen to the weather in 50 years. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. I mean, that's what you say to them. Back in the day, if somebody told you they could control the weather, that's what you, oh, I can control the weather. And you know what you'd say? This is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. That's what you would say. 
But the reason the Biden economy is screwing everything it touches is because they've made climate change the centerpiece of the economy. But climate change does not create jobs. It costs jobs. Okay, the climate agenda does not save lives. It ends them. Okay, when California runs out of power, as it did last summer, and they told people they couldn't charge their electric car because they didn't have the electric capacity to do so. Here's a newsflash. If they don't have the electric capacity to charge the car or run your electric, okay, that means they don't have air conditioning on the day you do get a hot temperature and you do find yourself more susceptible to heat deaths. Just the same as if we phase out fossil fuels, we don't have the ability to heat homes the same way in the winter because the power grids can't accommodate it. One country that we know of that we're entangled with in our commitments to the EU and the Paris Climate Change Agreement that has implemented every single green energy policy we hoped to adapt here in America is Germany. And you know what Germany's done in the last three years at a higher rate than at any point in their country's history? They've opened up new coal plants. New coal plants. You are correct, sir. And why are they opening up new coal plants? Because at the end of the day, they need the fossil fuels to power everything that is necessary in order to have a thriving society. Green energy is green energy because the people pushing it get paid. But the idea that we've decimated our domestic energy production, which of course weakens us economically at home, enriches our enemies around the globe, people like Iran and Vladimir Putin, think about that. We're financing a conflict in Ukraine that's only possible because of how rich Putin has gotten selling his oil now that we're out of the game. Okay, we're financing both sides of a conflict in Israel because Iran is sponsoring proxy attacks because of how rich they got when we got out of the game. When Biden got into office, Iran had $4 billion in, in, in oil reserves. They now have $71 million in oil reserves because we got them rich. We got them rich with a policy that's screwing us at home economically, and it's screwing our enemies around the globe. So when you hear that 14% of Americans think they're benefiting from Joe Biden's energy policy— my response to that is, I got to be honest, it sounds a little high. You're absolutely right. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Now, it's important to note that Burl Ives was singing this song in a much better economy than the one we're in now. But the point is, we're still trying to have that holly jolly Christmas, just a little pricier. Vinny knows uh, this well. He is up in Hartford, Connecticut. Vinny! Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I'm great. I want to commend you on something. You made a point to Mikey that I wanted to get onto the airwaves because I want Brian Brenberg to react to this. Can you give us your theory about Biden and spending? Yeah, it's really it's really easy. I'll, it's only a few sentences. Okay. What happened was the Biden administration continued COVID spending after COVID, and that caused inflation. And the main reason why politicians spend is because they get a cut. They get a cut of everything. And then they had to raise the interest rates to slow the inflation down. And the higher the interest rates makes it tough for, tougher to borrow money, which slows the economy down. It's, it's just economics 101. That's all it is. It's too much spending, so. and the spending is what's driving us. No, it's a good point, and I'll ask, I'll ask Brenberg that. But I think you might have just landed yeah, a role guest hosting the Big Money Show. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I don't think they're going to have me on the Big, the big Oh, Vinny, I'm not with that attitude. They're not. Holy hell, I kid. 
No, but great stuff as always. Uh, the, the re- mm-hmm. And I think the reason why all politicians spend is because they get a cut. Every time they tax, they get a cut, and every time they spend, they get a cut. Mm-hmm. It's, they get a piece. It's that simple. I, I don't know how you'd quantify that, but I don't doubt there's uh, you know stock benefits to spending in certain directions and stuff like that. But I think spending is the driving force behind all of it, and I appreciate you ending that, lending that to the conversation. Uh, ho, 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 have some good holidays, would you, buddy? Merry Christmas. Take care. My man. There he goes, the great Vinny. I just didn't want to lose him to a commercial break. Ooh, my least favorite thing in radio is like you guys will call up, you make a really great point, or you'll be making like a really serious point, and then all of a sudden you just hear the music comes on and there's nothing we can do. It's a hard out, you dig. And uh, you got to either cut the guy off or just let him get cut off and, you know, somebody walk away from this not happy. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I'll, uh, I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. But it's not me. That's the point. So I was glad me and Vinny got out tactfully. Again, remember, you're listening to a show with no formal broadcast training whatsoever. Okay, that's the hook of the show is I'm sitting here for three hours a day making everybody listen, feeling like they could do it too. Uh, And you probably could. If I could host a nationally syndicated talk show, you could probably train an ape to host a nationally syndicated talk show. I mean, some people would argue that they already have trained an ape (laughs) to host a nationally syndicated talk show. If that's your take on me, fine. Brian Brenberg might stick up for me. He's our guest in the next break. He's the host of The Big Money Show on Fox Business. And he has as reasoned of a take on the economy as anybody you're going to find anywhere in these dang United States. So stick around. We'll have a grown-up talk about all things Bidenomics. And I'll tell you what Biden and I want for Christmas when we come back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing some Peanuts, some Vince Guaraldi, Charlie Brown Peanuts Christmas album. Do you know this one? The Drifting Piano? I love. It's my favorite Christmas album. I just bought this on vinyl. Oh, it's funny. This year, I play it every night. I yeah, love it. We own, we own, my dad owned this on vinyl, which means I have it because I stole it at some point. But, you uh, have this even on if vinyl? I, yeah. You've been holding out all these years. Even if I play it digitally. we know It's funny about us is we have a record player in our living room that we actually don't use. And we have, like, great vinyl, like from the 50s and 60s. Serious? Yeah, because I stole a lot of my Come dad's on. records. I hope he's not listening right now. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, I listen to <laughs> Call that. Call on line one. Yeah, I listen to that, that Charlie Brown Christmas it's album. It's a good one. It's as good as anything out yes. there. Brian Brenberg is in studio. Although the drifting piano song they just played is a really good song if you've pulled into the garage, shut the door, and left the car running. <laughs> Running. It does sound like Charlie Brown is carbon monoxiding his way out of a tough situation. It's, it's often used in situations of sorrowful reflection. Perhaps, Josh, are you allowed life. to play that again ever so slightly? Can I just get a hint of this? Listen to me. Oh, this is a good. You know. Yeah, this is a, it's a more. But even so, this is a more upbeat God, portion of the song, but you get it. It's a great album. I play this a lot. This is a morning jam in the Fela House. We oh, play this a lot. okay. But essentially, there are certain albums that come on if the three of us are home. If we're all present and accounted for, we only play certain albums at full strength. Elvis, White Christmas, we have to have the Jackson 3 at full strength because it opens uh, with Santa Claus's back in Yeah. Which is, honestly, it's so weird because that song is not an iconic Christmas song, but it's the best Elvis Christmas song. Like, Blue Christmas is in the permanent rotation right. of Christmas songs. Yeah. But Santa Claus is Back in Town is actually, like, an incredibly good song. Have you ever seen him sing it at the 68 Comeback Special? Oh, I didn't know he sang it at the 68 Comeback In his leather jumpsuit. Oh, it's come on. It's so good. Stop. I'm going to send it to you. It's so good. And he's in the black leather. And this is how I once, because what happens, like, Bill Hammer, our mutual friend, 
when Hemmer gets charging with like one of his Christmas manias, like Hemmer's big on this uh, Johnny Mathis and the Percy Faith Orchestra album. He loves it. Really? It was a seminal album of his youth. So last Christmas Eve, he fires a warning shot over to the Fela house with his Percy, you know, Faith Orchestra. Here's the song you need to be hearing right now with the Fela family. To which I pulled a YouTube video of black jumpsuit Elvis, Santa Claus is back in town. And it ended the communique. We didn't talk again the whole holiday season because he couldn't even wrap his brain around how good it is. He didn't see you pulling that Trump no, card. No, he didn't know it existed. He, a he lot of thought people, he was playing the Trump card. A lot of people don't know it's out there because it's not on the video special. It's only on the album Tiger Man. They've made like seven different versions of that performance, but it's no only kidding. Tiger Man. And he's singing it with an acoustic guitar and a band and a tambourine. And he also doesn't know the words, which makes it even better. Those are the best Elvis songs when he doesn't know the words. (laughs) I don't need no slave with reindeer. (laughs) Yeah. Something on my back. (laughs) He just just says something. He says something a lot when he doesn't know. But it's so good. Santa Claus is back in town, you guys. The lyrics are, I don't need no reindeer, no sack on my back. You're going to see me coming in a big black Cadillac. Uh, It's so heavy. Colonel. And it's... (laughs) But it's Elvis, and you're like, yeah. Like I listen to that. You know, like football teams start headbutting each other in the locker room. Yes. Like yeah, if you throw on Santa Claus is back in town, I clothesline my mom. Like it's like, yeah, Merry Christmas, nuts. ho ho ho. <laughs> we get amped up. It's like a psych tape. It's so good. God, that is good, man. That is revelatory for go, me. I didn't know about that. Go find it, guys. I'm telling you because I care. Santa is just precious days away. The Bre- so much of the Brenbergs have made their travel plans. They're getting ready to get out of here. Yes. Uh, I love that so much. Let me ask you this, uh, because we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out the MVP of the holiday season so far. We have a mutual friend that you guys have heard of by the name of John Taffer. He's the host of Bar Rescue, and he appears on Fox a lot. Well, I told Taffer that Brenberg and I uh, and some of the executives here at Fox happened to like a product of his called Brown Butter Bourbon. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, a case of it showed Whoa. up here. A case of it showed up. John Taffer, this bud's for you, uh, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but how good, and this is not an infomercial, this is not a product placement, this is not an endorsement. We're not allowed to endorse alcohol here on the channel. Uh, but how good is that stuff? Uh I mean, I I may have had to retest it again last night <laughs> Good just you. to make sure. I don't know if that happened, but I will say, uh, if you're talking brown butter, yeah, it is the brownest. Of <laughs> it's really good stuff, you guys. It, it's it's not a, it's not available in all fifty states, but if you Google this and you happen to be in close proximity to it, just hoard it like it's munitions during a war. <laughs> It's really good. It is a war right now. Let's face it. it Look at the world right now. Just getting by on a daily basis is a war. But it's Taffer's Brown Butter Bourbon. Uh, It's not available by me, which is why we had to get some of it uh, legally shipped in uh, strategically uh, under the eyes of the law anyway. But it's so good that if I'm almost happy I can't buy it on a regular basis because I'm doing a pretty good job of holding my life together. But we all know there's that other guy. You know what I mean? Oh, the other guy. You know, skinny. As, as, you know, I, yeah. I don't want anyone to try and think I'm even attempting to sell you on the idea that I'm skinny Elvis. Okay. <laughs> but I used to be a lot closer to fat Elvis, like August 77 Elvis. Yes. Okay. Right now I'm walking around in the body of like February of 77 Elvis. Okay. No, no, no. I think you're like safely in 72 right now, okay. which is but, a very but, good but, place but to be. Clearly not. Clearly not 60s or dare I say late 50s Elvis. Clearly not. Well, that, are, why would we Nobody even talk is. about Nobody that, is. Elvis? Yeah, guys. Let's, let's live in reality. Here. Yes, and thank you for saying that. Because if you ever notice, you guys, none of you listening to this have ever seen a young Elvis impersonator. 
because you got to be in really good shape, get a real fabulous hair, you know, walk around in the sport coats, a lot of hounds tooth stuff like that, and somehow look sexy doing it, okay? And none of you can, okay? <laughs> I love an Elvis impersonator as much as anybody. They just had one at the Palm Beach Kennel Club the night before I was there. I'm sad that I missed it. But we all impersonate older Elvis for that reason. Yep. He's a little more accessible to the common man. He's chubby. He's in rhinestones. He is what I'm doing on cable news. I showed up <laughs> chubby in loud fashion and just sang American Trilogy. And people are like, I like this guy. And that's all I'm you doing. You want something you can relate to. Everybody wants something they can relate to in life. Thank you. Uh, and that's what Brian Brenberg, that's the kind of wisdom you get distilled when we're talking about the brown bourbon distillery here on the show. <laughs> now, Vinny, okay, you'll love this segue. Okay, we're talking about the holidays. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned in the last break that when Burl Ives sang Holly Jolly Christmas, it was easier to do because the economy was in better shape. Ah. Okay, you've seen the polling. You're the host of the Big Money Show. We got a Fox News survey that says 14% of Americans Ooh. think they're benefiting. And before everybody goes, well, easy, yeah, Fox News. Okay, fine. Discard that one. Let's walk over to Monmouth, New Jersey, where 12% of Americans say the Biden. There's no poll. Tougher in Monmouth to. right now. Thank you. Just go over the tracks to Monmouth. I mean, Yogi Berra was from there at the end. Okay, he wasn't from there originally. He was from St. Louis. He grew up on the hill. That's I don't want right. to slight any of my, no, no. Any of my listeners. Let's okay, KFTK. They're like, yo, Jimmy, what about the hill? <laughs> okay, I'm aware of the hill. I've seen the Yogi house. Calm it down over there. Is all right? that right? You've seen it? Yeah, I, I might have sent you a picture of it and you forgot. But I didn't. I, I sent it to you over the I summer. I forget a lot of things. This is what we do when we go on vacation. Jenny and I go places, rent cars, and drive by things that are either in movies or famous people live there. And then I get all excited, you know? So, like, when we went to Chuck Berry's house in Wentzville, Missouri, Lincoln was like, he's never going to stop playing Chuck Berry now. And I haven't to, to their Why to would credit. you? No, uh, why would you ever? Uh, but here, well, maybe during the, you know, latter stages of the Me Too movement, you might want to take a time out. Maybe during the latter stages. <laughs> you don't stages. really open with it. Uh, but stick with me, Brenberg. Uh, when it comes to Monmouth, they have it at 12%. The point is... When you hear things out of the Biden camp, like he's upset with his surrogates because his poll numbers aren't acceptably low. Okay, the reality is that the experience people are having in this economy is not going to be changed based on what a surrogate says tomorrow on the Sunday shows. I love that he's livid with the surrogates. Yeah, yeah. Like he's going to his staff and saying, why is this happening? How have you botched this up? I, gave, I, I served up this economy on a silver platter, and you have messed this up, surrogates how, and how, staff. I love he goes, this is completely unacceptable. I'm like, no, you know what's completely unacceptable? $9 eggs. That's unacceptable. Yes. Here, this, is the, this is the thing. Uh, they've been out. When they go out and talk about Bidenomics, what they say is, you just haven't given it enough time. <laughs> it's like a fine wine. You know, you got to let it breathe. They really say yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, this is what his econ people say. But then America realizes, actually, it just gets so much. It's like milk yeah. out of the fridge. It's just getting worse <laughs> by the minute. And they're making you chug it. And that doesn't end well. I mean, that's where Bidenomics takes you because all the regs and, and all the spending and the mm. mandates, none of that ever ages well. No. And you can and you see it right now mostly like it's really showing up in the EV space yeah. right now cuz you just get all these guys who are like I'm running out of cash, I'm shutting the plant, yep. we're not making these things cuz nobody's buying them. Let's write letters to the president. Mm-hmm. That's how you don't Thank get better with with age. The Yelp reviews not great. 
is what we're trying to say for Biden. And he's like, why aren't you guys online writing reviews for me? You know, he's like blaming the guys writing the reviews. They're like, well, because we had to sell our smartphones to pay for food. (laughs) Okay, I wanted to run this by you. One of our callers, Vinny, who I consider sharp. I very rarely take a caller opinion and run it by an esteemed guest. You wow. understand? And to be honest with you, if they listen to this show, they are pretty sharp because this isn't a show that's like forcing one mindset on the world. Because as you know, I genuinely care. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want people doing is walking around with my views. As someone who cares, I'm like, <laughs> don't try this at home. When people don't try up, this When at people home. come up to the live events and they're like, oh, my, me and my 12-year-old listen to your show every day. I'm like, you, my friend, are a terrible parent. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> I don't want to be in charge. But Vinny, uh, Vinny up in Connecticut. He has one of his theories on why the economy is so bad, and I do think there's a kernel of truth in this, is that they kept spending at COVID levels Mm post-COVID. And do you think that's impacted the state of things? Vinny, you've nailed it. Vinny! Because, and this is why, because the the spending for COVID wasn't about COVID. Mm -hmm. It was the spending they wanted to do. Naked Trojan horse. Always. And so you just had to find your crisis, right? That's Uh the whole model of progressive government is know what you want to do and then find or invent your crisis so covid that's why they stretched the dang thing out so long that's funny right i mean so so but here's the thing Vinny. i mean you're right so then you ask yourself like what's the next thing they're going to do that to what's the vehicle which we all know what it is now it's climate so there that's their next a crisis to attach to. So they're just going to keep doing it to you yeah. as long as you let them. Well, that's the thing here. This climate is so bad. Uh, we got to spend $300 trillion on student loan forgiveness because this climate is so bad. You know, they're going to do things Because like they're that. totally related, right? They're totally related. <laughs> you can't see that? Take off your blinders, man. <laughs> that is the scam, though. I COVID for them. Now, ha- hearing it articulated that way. Chris Rock used to do this bit about how, like, Robitussin is the catch-all for anything. He's like, you got a bullet wound? Pour a little Tussin on it. Headache? Got a sniffle? Got a little Tussin. He's like, no more liquid in the bottle? Pour some water in it? Shake it up! Mo Tussin. And that's, that's, that's what COVID was. They could pour it on any, yes. any, any policy agenda they were pursuing. And, they were, and to be clear, they were tying other initiatives to COVID. And that's part of why, having heard it that way, one of the reasons they probably wanted school closures to go on as long as they did is obviously they're placating the teachers unions, but also at the same time, every time they have to enact funding for school reopenings, it allows them to bury other items yes. into that spending. Is that how it is? They did it. I mean, think about this. They did it even with inflation. Mm-hmm. Remember the Inflation yep. Reduction Act. What a so racket. they they created a problem. And then said, we've got to spend a lot of money to try to fix the problem. And that's what, and of course, the Inflation Reduction Act was just clean spending. It was a climate bill, yeah. So, like, they, they'll invent the thing, even, they'll even attach it to the, the problem. They, like, they'll light the house on fire and say, oh my gosh, quick, <laughs> give us money. We yeah. just lit this thing on fire and we got to fix it now. Now, understand the fire truck coming is going to have high emissions. So, we need additional money <laughs> yes. for green energy the fire. It's going to charge for 50 minutes before it gets there. So, the whole thing's going to burn down anyway. But really quickly, okay, knowing that to be the case, I think a lot of people, when you see the polling on the economy, I actually do think people who are not even like hardcore political consumers, I think everybody gets it. I think everybody gets it. It doesn't matter what surrogates say. If your life is harder, people get that. And you can't be persuaded 
it into believing it's easy if it's harder. It's harder. Okay, we're living in the – I've said this before. We, Katie Pavlich, we're just having this conversation. Katie Pavlich has a five on WikiFeet because I was talking about how we're living in the golden age of people selling pictures of their feet on OnlyFans. And she was talking about how those Google alerts tell you things about yourself you didn't know. Have you found out anything interesting about yourself in the past year? Like Brian Benberg is seven foot three. Do you get those Google alerts? I, I do not. There's a WikiFeet? Yeah, yeah. That's weird. I don't know. I mean, they probably do it more for the ladies than for us. <laughs> well, here you go. Take a look. <laughs> He's like, oh, come on, man. Oh, what the? What's going on here? Phil and Brenberg. That's not what we came here for. Uh, last but not least, uh, it is the holiday season. I know the Brenbergs are going to get ready for Santa. Mm. Uh, you strike me. We've never had this conversation. Now, oddly enough, all the things we've conversed about. Uh, you strike me as someone who, like myself, uh, Grew up in the era of Big Santa. Did you grow up in Big Santa? By Big Santa, you mean Christmas super fan? Yeah, 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 big... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Do you remember how great it was? And this is the greatest joy of raising kids is to be around the energy, the anticipatory yes. energy of Christmas. You can't it's, beat it. It's just the greatest thing. We started talking about Elvis, but yeah. you think about like who is the Elvis of mm-hmm. cultural life in America? I mean, it's like it's Santa. Like Santa is Elvis, he is. right? He walks into he's, the room, he's the last piece, and everyone faints. He's the last, piece and the fatter com- he gets, the better it is. <laughs> How right? about that, Santa? The one guy not on Ozempic <laughs> is the guy we all love. In the end, he's the guy we all love. But no, it's true, and. Uh, I say this to people all the time because there are a lot of people, you know, life has a way of punching you in the soul, you know, when you're trying to get by in this economy. But this Christmas, rich, poor, anything in between, the thing about Christmas is you don't celebrate one Christmas. You celebrate all of them every year, mm-hmm. you know, because it's nostalgia. Yes. It's things you remember about being a kid. Great you know. point. And that's the cool hook of this Christmas is if you really got clotheslined by the Hulkster and those 24-inch pythons all year long, you're still going to have a December 25th that invites you to harken back to the better Christmases yes. when maybe you and the Hulkster were on the same tag team and you yes. weren't fighting them at the Sky Dome. Uh, and that's my favorite thing about Christmas is that it is a Regents exam Dude, of it, every Christmas. It is. It's 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 the greatest hits album that you get to craft, and you can have just what you want on it. I mean, how about that, ladies and gentlemen? And we closed on Christmas empowerment. We're so much better at this than we give, get credit for, <laughs> but that's also because we're faking it in a lot of other areas. But the, <laughs> but the things we know how to Don't do, tell them that. we really know Don't how tell to do. That. Brian Brenberg, best of the best, yeah, man. my man. There he goes. Get him out of here. Get him out. <laughs> the critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. You can see me on your TV tonight. I'll be on with Laura Ingram in the 7 p.m. hour. If you want to see me in person in 20. 20- 24. We go back out on tour March the 1st, Idaho Falls, March the 2nd, Sacramento, California, March the 9th, Ponte Vedre, Florida, March 29th, Helena, Montana, March 30th, Spokane, Washington, April 5th, Federal Way, Washington, Seattle, uh, April 6th, Boise, Idaho, and May 18th at the Schubert Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, girl. Uh, I will be adding a lot more dates uh, as the spring and summer evolve. Uh, we're also going to be on a little bit of a book tour in February. Those dates not yet announced. So there's a lot of opportunities to get together and have fun, uh, which I cannot advocate strongly enough. Go have fun. You live in America. 
It feels like it sucks. Everybody hates each other. The president is horrible. Like, he really genuinely doing a horrible job. Um, and that's just the reality we find ourselves in. But the fact remains, your job description is the fun business. You are in the fun business. So go out and have some kind of fun tonight. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life other than make sure you enjoy yourself while you do it. Try not to do it at the expense of anyone else around you and their well-being. And that's it. I mean, that is the mantra. That is the gospel of the show. I say it every day. Go be a Republican. Go be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.